1: Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and miniskirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Guys, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Own Your Everyday comes out next week. This book has truly been a labor of love, rewritten and refined multiple times and created over the course of almost two years. And now it's almost out just for you. Trust me when I say that I left nothing out of these pages. If you're not sure what all the hype's about, check out the hashtag ownyoureveryday and see what others who've gotten early access have to say about it. This is more than a book, sister. This is the beginning of a movement, a way of life. Know why? Because you and I cannot do the big, cool, extraordinary things that we dream of or that we see all over social media until we learn to show up for the small, not so cool, everyday things. There's truly no way around that. And this resource is meant to guide you through those things that hold you back and give you the tools to really show up where you are. It's like the resource for anyone who feels like she wants to chase after something more, even if she's a little unsure of what that something more is, while also trying to find purpose and contentment in her everyday without getting complacent or too comfortable. If that resonates with you, or if you like the way we get to chat on this podcast every week, I know that you're going to love this book. You can pre-order your copy anywhere books are sold. And once you do, be sure to go to jordanleedooley.com slash OYE-freebies to claim your bonuses like a coaching course with me before they run out in the next few days. The bonuses expire the day before release day. Release day is May 14th. So be sure to run over to jordanleedooley.com slash OYE-freebies, submit a photo of your receipt from your pre-order and dive into that coaching course and get excited because this book is gonna show up on your doorstep super soon. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. All right, welcome back to the show. The show? That's kind of a weird thing to say. Anyway, welcome. Um, Today, I'm going to be answering a question that I get kind of a lot. And the question is, what is working from home really like? And slash, or how do I balance it with real life? And how do you make that happen? How do you make that work? And, you know, I thought I'm going to answer this as honestly as possible, because I don't know if you've ever been like scrolling Instagram or scrolling Pinterest. Whoa, my dog's sitting right here and he just like made the loudest groan. <laughs> So if you heard something in the background, sorry. Um, who's your one to hang today? So anyways, so I get this question a lot and it's like, how do you balance working from home and also living at home? And how do you create work-life balance, right? Work-life balance is already hard enough. And I don't know if you've ever, you know, been scrolling Instagram or scrolling Pinterest and you see all these things about how amazing working from home is and like how you could do it too. And it's just so great. And, um, you know, there's a part of me that's like, Yes, it's actually quite awesome to have the flexibility. The flexibility is amazing. It allows us to travel. There's some really good things about doing that. And I want to encourage you before I even say anything else, that working from home is not just a possibility when you're a kajillionaire or an Instagram influencer, okay? I want you to know that. Like, I have so many friends who have like a thousand followers and have built a work from home life. So I just want you to realize like it's not impossible and if it's something that you've been desiring or wanting to try but feeling like, well, I don't have a following or I don't have... You know, I don't have uh, experience or how the heck would I do that? Like there are so many different ways to do that. And maybe in a different episode, I can give you some ideas for that Um, just because I have so many friends doing it creatively and in unique ways. And the internet has made that so possible. It's absolutely crazy. Um, But in addition to the challenge or the, you know, the awesome things that can come with it, there's also some challenges, right? Like there are some things that you didn't really think of because it just sounds like the best thing ever sometimes and you know i was starting to think like how can i also give you a reality check of you know every job and this is why i want you to get like literally every single job in the world even the best jobs they come with pros and cons right like there's challenges to them and the challenges may look different and the challenges may be you know something that others don't relate to, right? Like the challenges I experienced versus my friend who's a nurse, like totally different challenges in our work, right? But there's still real challenges. So, you know, it's something important to first recognize that it's not all glamorous and amazing all the time. There's also some things that come with it that you kind of have to learn how to navigate. One of those being, you know, knowing how to really focus um, and how to do it well. And, how to prioritize not only your time but also be very effective in how you're using your time also be very you know um intentional not to let all of your home stuff spill into your work time and vice versa and i think one of the biggest things that i have to say can be um just a little bit of a challenge that we wouldn't really think about is that when you work for yourself or you work from home in any capacity, even if it's just your side hustle or whatever, it can be really hard to clock out. And that isn't just if you're passionate about what you do. I think that can certainly play into it. It can be easy to feel like, you're not even really distinguishing work time from me time because you kind of love your work. But even if you don't love your work, like it can be really hard to clock out because you're constantly connected. You're constantly, you know, right when you're about to, okay, I'm going to make dinner. Ding, you get a notification. Oh my gosh, I have to get back to this email or, oh my gosh, my team is calling me or, oh geez, I forgot about this and it's due yesterday, you know, or whatever. So, um, being able to clock out is also, is hard, but also, easily getting distracted and thinking you have boundaries but not actually living them. There's been so many times where I'm like, all right, I'm not going to work past five. But life happens and things come up and I'm like, well, technically I can because I'm just going to walk across the kitchen and start making dinner. It's not like I have to like get in my car and drive home. Um, So, you know actually living the boundaries you say you have is more of a challenge than you might realize so I was like okay I want to speak into this and I want to give a couple thoughts on this and maybe even a couple things that have helped me because I've felt those challenges and felt very blessed to be able to do this and to create content and put it out there and serve y'all with you know the words and with the ideas and with the advice and the tools and the resources and all the things that we have but um you know with it there's challenges so i don't know what you do maybe you run a monet business or maybe you are a coach or maybe you are a photographer or something else And you're trying to figure out how in the world do I even kind of find some balance here in my life because it's all kind of running together, right? Like your private life and your public brand and all these things are kind of like one in the same. And the first thing I would say is don't let that scare you. There's a lot of value in having some sort of personal brand when you are attached and part of your work. It adds so much value and so much good to it. So as much as there can be some hiccups or some challenges or some hurdles you're trying to face, also realize that this is a really big blessing and a really good thing. So I don't want you to feel stuck Or I don't want you to feel like you're bad at this because we've all been bad at it in some way or another. This is something we are all learning. I mean, honestly, it's a new-ish thing to be able to work from home, right? This isn't something that like my great-grandpa and grandma did, right? Like this is totally different. And so we're all kind of pioneering this new way to use the internet, to build a brand, to serve the world, to use our gifts, right? So how do we do that well? First thing I want to give you a piece of advice on is really think about what are your designated work hours and what are your designated work areas? Because those are two very key things. I think sometimes we focus on one or the other, but we don't actually think about both. So when you're talking about boundaries, it's not just like, oh, I'm done at five o'clock. I don't think that's really a boundary. I think that's more of like you're suggesting it to yourself or um, it's more of just like a. it's not really a guiding boundary, I guess is the best way to say it. But if you do something like, my office hours are 9.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. and I take a half hour break at lunch, that allows you to work in sections or segments of the day in the morning. I do my admin stuff in the afternoon. I do more like my marketing or my my content creation and that kind of thing, or however you do it. I don't know what you do specifically, or I you know, take calls with clients or whatever it is. Um, that can be really, really helpful when you just say, these are the time boundaries. Then picking the space that you work. And this is something I'm not naturally very good at. And sometimes I can be a little too lax on. So I'm being honest with you about that. But it's when I've been disciplined about it, it is so, so stinking helpful. So, a couple things. First, sometimes I would just like one day I'd sit at my kitchen table. And then the next day I'd be sitting on our couch and, you know, working from my laptop. And then the next day I would, you know, go to a coffee shop. And then the next day I'd come back and I'd be at my kitchen table again. And it's like I just was kind of everywhere. And I think mixing it up like that can actually be helpful when it comes to, doing that in a way that's still a little bit consistent. Um, I think sometimes we think we're you know, mixing it up, but then we're actually creating a lot of inconsistencies for ourselves. And so something that helped me was, all right, instead of just randomly picking a location, like today I'm gonna work in the, in the studio office and then tomorrow I'm gonna work at the kitchen table and then I might go to the coffee shop, no, too much. So especially when Matt started working with me more full-time on the multimedia side, we've been like, we need to have some designated spaces here because it's taking over our lives in our house. So we actually have a very small little office. It's super cheap rent. It's awesome. We don't go there every single day, but we go maybe twice a week. Um, or when my assistant, my assistant who runs like all of my email inboxes and social media and the things that she helps manage, she's local here. We have some team members that work remotely from other places, but because she's local, she'll come in a couple times. And we have like a designated workspace, especially when we need to take phone meetings or when we really need to plan something out. We have a giant life-size whiteboard in there. And then we also have this room that I'm currently in, which is kind of like our recording studio. So this room used to be just a normal room in our house. It was like a guest bedroom and it was kind of not really being used. And so we thought, okay, we're going to designate that space to this type of work multimedia video audio like that kind of work so we're not in here like doing company meetings right like we're not in here usually we're not strategizing because we have lights in here we have like cables everywhere. But this is a designated space to be creating content. So that way we don't have to feel like, oh, and we need to like maybe do it in the living room or then do it in this room and then try it in the closet. Like we created a very designated space for this type of work at this part of our company. And so I want you to think about that specifically, you know, maybe what is a, maybe you have to shoot video or maybe you have to do coaching calls. Where's the designated space for that? Maybe you would do everything at this one desk in your, you know, in your extra room, or maybe you do everything from a coffee shop or maybe you know, pick your spot. And if you can, pick one off-site location that you can escape to, that you can go to, even if it's a couple times a week, so that you only have one or two areas that you consistently work so that you're not taking over your kitchen table and your dining room table and your couch and your recording studio and a coffee shop and you're everywhere. Actually, start almost like conditioning your mind to think when I'm in work mode, I am here, here, or here. That has been really, really helpful for us. And I know that when I'm creating multimedia, I'm in the spot my butt is currently sitting in going forward. That's just how it is. But I know if I'm answering emails or writing book chapters or whatever, I can be in one of two spaces, either at a coffee shop or at the office. Those are pretty much the two places. Unless I'm not feeling well or I know I have to be back for something and every now and then I'll say I'm going to sit at the dining room table for an hour. But I really try not to do that very consistently because then it starts to really take over the spaces that I want to eat my dinner, you know, and have conversations with Matt. So keep some of those family places as sacred as you can. I know that that's hard to do. I remember when I was growing up, my mom um, would sometimes work from the kitchen table. And, you know, there was actually something kind of cool about seeing that. So maybe that is your designated space. She would do that in the evenings after, you know, we had our day. She would probably do that while we were at school. I don't know. Um, But then she'd stop what she was doing. She'd be very present with us from like, you know, 3.30 when we got out of school till 7.30 when we got homework done and stuff. And just as we were kind of winding down, finishing up our homework, getting ready for bed or whatever we were doing, she would be sitting at the kitchen table wrapping up her day. And so that was her designated space. I didn't see her at the kitchen table and on the couch and in her bedroom and in an office. Like she had her space. So I really want you to think about when you're thinking about boundaries, what are your time boundaries, but then also what are your designated areas? That can be so, so helpful because then your brain starts to kind of categorize your tasks and what you're doing as a life task, like folding laundry. That happens in the bedroom or the living room, but work tasks happen in the recording studio or at this one desk. So that's really, really helpful for you to think about. Speaking of designated stuff, another thing that I would suggest is having designated days. I mean, I wrote this book called Own Your Everyday because I started to realize like my life can be so chaotic if I'm not like super protective of the way that I structure my days, the way that I make decisions, the way that I really show up for the mundane, ordinary things, not just the big cool stuff like recording podcast episodes or writing a book. Like what about the stuff that isn't so glamorous that I don't post on Instagram, right? Like how do I start creating some designated time for that? That stuff and so one thing that I started to do was like okay Friday is laundry day right that's more of a life thing like I'm probably not gonna and do anything within laundry for my business um, but you know Monday is kind of like an admin day But Tuesday, which is actually the day I am recording this on, is a recording day. We're prepping forward content. Like I don't do this and sit here week to week to week to week. We actually are very intentional about, you know, the first Tuesday and Thursday or the second Tuesday, I'm sorry, Tuesday and Wednesday of the month. Those are specifically geared and dedicated to creating our podcast episodes with the video, and doing any interviews we need to do. So they're multimedia days. So now I know in my brain, I have those things blocked off and designated for that. So in your life, maybe you coach women in their health. Okay, you need I've coached women in their businesses. I only took coaching calls Tuesday mornings and Thursday mornings That's it because I knew if I was just available all the time I would begin to be so overwhelmed it would start running into the other tasks I had to do I you can't do that so you know maybe you already do this to some degree but I want you to think about all the tasks in your work and all the tasks in your life and I want you to think okay where what day does this one fit on and how can I designate even if it's every Monday afternoon at three o'clock I do this right <laughs> from three to four o'clock that's what I do or it's every Tuesday and Thursday morning. So whatever it is that your tasks are, I want you to start designating your days and also start designating the way that you structure your days. So for example, um, responsive activities like email and um, social media and things like that, that kind of require you to interact and respond not just those aren't really like business building activities right you're not creating new clients you're not building on a program you're not you know doing things that are really functioning that's kind of more like a marketing communication tool those help build your business I guess but they're more interaction they're responsive they require you to be kind of on actually create some hours where you focus on those so maybe in the morning like that's after, you know, you have your your coffee and when you start your day, you start with email. I personally try not to start with email though. I actually prefer to do that like right before lunch because if you start your day off with email, it's almost like you haven't actually made any forward progress for the day and you're just like immediately responding. So think of what's your like first most important priority for that day. Let's say it's Tuesday and Tuesday is multimedia day. So maybe in the morning you plan out what you're actually going to be recording or writing or whatever. And then you take a break at 11.30 and before you take your full lunch break at 12, you spend that last half hour of that segment of the day of the morning doing those responsive activities, getting on Instagram, seeing if you have any DMs, responding to what's necessary, same with email, and then actually taking a brain break, refueling, having some food, and then coming back. And then before trying to do emails again, unless it's like, this has to be done by today, like it's tax day or something, then go back into, all right, now I'm gonna sit down, record the content, and then the last half hour segment of the day at 4.30, that's when maybe you get into those responsive activities again. So, I don't do this all the time. There's times where I'm not as disciplined about it, but the times that I really am is usually in a really busy season when I need to be really focused on what needs to be created, when I have a deadline, a timeline, a book manuscript due, a course, you know, module that needs to be done, or whatever the thing is. And it's really helpful to think last half hour of the morning, last half hour of the afternoon. That's when I'll give my energy to those responsive activities so that the responsive activities don't suck my time away from what I really need to be focused on, whether it's in my home, like it's long morning or in my work. Like it's time to sit down and record podcast episodes. So I really want you to think about maybe how you are allowing too much of that responsive activity to kind of take over your days and be a little bit more intentional about where you're putting that in how you build out every day and then how you're designating each day of the week for certain types of work or certain types of tasks. It can be so, so helpful for managing your time better, but also creating some better boundaries. Okay. Third tip is to ask someone to hold you accountable. You know, so I can tend to work myself into, you know, a little bit of a hole and it's difficult for me to fully detach. I'm an Enneagram three. I'm sure you've heard me talk about that before, but that means I am an achiever. I said that really weird. I'm an achiever, which basically means that it's like next task, next thing. Let's do it. Let's grind. Let's try it. You know, let's go for it. And that can mean that my work can begin to take over my entire life. And this is one thing I actually wrote about this in my book, because I think it can be such an issue and we don't talk about it a lot, is how it's so good to have goals, but how so often we allow goals to sometimes take over our entire lives. Like we become obsessive over the fact that we want to hit this benchmark or we want to get this number of clients or we want to do X, Y, or Z. And before we know it, it's like, Well, we've just neglected all our other priorities because we're so obsessed with this stinking goal. And so having someone to hold you accountable to rest, to kind of reset is so important. We say Matt is like the string to my balloon (laughs) because he is – because otherwise, I'd float away like to never, never land and never come back. Um, you know, so he really kind of grounds me. And we have this consistent weekly, ac- or, I guess, discipline that we try to do almost literally every week, unless there's something very special or unique happening on the weekend, where we try to take, at least I try to take a 24 hour Um, kind of just break from social media, no posting, no sharing, no responding, no being involved there and actually just not be present there. So that can be from Saturday at 10 a.m. to Sunday at, you know, 6 p.m. I mean, it varies depending on the weekend. It can be Friday night to Saturday night. It can be the entire weekend. It just kind of varies depending on the week. And so having that consistent break throughout the weeks is actually really, really helpful for me to detach from having to be on or responsive or aware of what's going on in the world in any way. And it helps me reclaim my actual life. And the reason this is so, so key um, from a weekly perspective is because I think sometimes, especially when we work from home, sometimes I'll catch myself like just grabbing and reaching for my phone and seeing what's going on in the world because it can be kind of lonely. Like, I mean, Matt and I work together, but it can still be kind of isolating. We're not in like an office with a hundred other people. Um, It can be like, does anyone hear me? (laughs) You know, Um, and so it can be easy to kind of tune in and almost start zoning out and being very more present there than we really even want to be. And so something that's kind of been helpful for me is having that weekly discipline of like, hey, for the next twenty four hours, like I am M I A from social media. And the reason I think the the weekly thing is key is because we can get sucked into it and almost become addicted. And then a lot of us will go, oh my gosh, I've been spending too much time on social media. I've been comparing myself. I've been struggling, and now the problem is like, I'm too obsessed with it. So I'm going to take a two-week break, which is great. Like take the two-week break. But the problem is what happens when you come back after two weeks? You have about a thousand and four notifications. You realize how much you missed out on. Maybe the FOMO kicks in. Maybe you start to feel really behind. Oh my gosh. Now you've realized your engagement is down. So you got to hustle to keep back up and you go back into the same dang cycle. And so I'm like, I can't do that to myself. Like that is exhausting. So there's been times where... I'll be on social media for two days and then I'll take one day off and then I'm on for two and then one day off. Um, This season specifically, that that doesn't really work because I've been in a book launch and I've been doing things that require me to be kind of a little bit more engaged, but I knew that I needed at least one full 24-hour period every single week to kind of disengage, look around at my life and go, what do I need to focus on right now? What did I maybe neglect this week without even realizing it because it was such a crazy week and there was a lot of demands on me? I'm gonna to tend to those things now. I'm gonna do the laundry, I'm gonna to go to the store, I'm gonna take all this stuff to the consignment store, or whatever it is, and really be intentional about owning those 24 hours so that you can come back to the next week refreshed and not feeling like your work is taking over your whole life. So with all that, that's why I say have someone hold you accountable because I've made this discipline, but because I love what I do and because I'm an achiever, I need someone else that knows that I've committed to that and can hold me to it. So there's been times where, you know, I've said I don't wanna have the phone in the bedroom or I've said, you know, I wanna take 24 hours off and then, you know, because I'm a human, I'll accidentally walk into the bedroom with the phone and Matt's like, no phones in the bedroom, (laughs) just like, dang it, you know, but it's so good because you just need someone else who can kind of hold you to that or check in on you, even if they're not your spouse. So really think about, am I allowing anyone to hold me accountable? Am I asking for help in this area? Because sorry, sister, but you're not a machine. You're probably going to mess up your own discipline sometimes. And there's no shame in that, but at least have a plan for how are you going to get back on track and who are you going to count on to help you when you begin to kind of lose your disciplines in that way. Okay, the next tip that I have is create some consistencies in your life, consistent routines that still allow for flexibility and allow you to be a human. I think sometimes we hear the word routines and we think like robot, right? Like I have to be (laughs) such a robot and I have to have all my hours planned out. And while I truly believe in the value and the power of planning ahead. I also believe that we need to allow a little bit of room for flexibility and for life to happen, right? Like when you work from home, your dog could just randomly start puking and you're like, oh my gosh, I have to take him to the vet. Or your neighbor could walk over and before you know it, they've sat there and talked with you for 45 minutes and what you thought you were going to get done in that hour didn't get done, right? So if you like. Fill out your entire schedule, hour to hour to hour with no room for flexibility, no gap times, no wiggle room. You are going to constantly feel stressed out because life will happen. So I guess when you are either working from home part-time or full-time in any capacity or you're thinking about it and you're trying to figure out how in the world you would balance it all, the best thing I can say is have some, like some consistencies that you have throughout every day, even if your days are very different. Because when you work for yourself, like every day is going to look a little different, especially if you have those days designated days like Monday is for admin, Tuesday is for batch recording, Wednesday is for batch recording, Thursday is for interviews or, you know, that's kind of how my life works. And so thinking through that, I want you to really think about, okay, what consistencies can I count on, even if the daily tasks are slightly different, right? So, all right, I wake up at this time every morning. I, you know, then eat lunch or I take a break at this time in the afternoon. And then this is when we have dinner and then this is when I go to bed. Those things, I've been, I've heard them called like anchor times, like they anchor your days so that you can count on those things and you can kind of get your body clock pretty consistent even if your actual tasks vary from day to day that has been such a game changer for me knowing i go to bed between you know 9:30 and 10:30 pretty much every single night and what i love about that is that it's not like if i'm not in bed at 9:34 like I'm, I've ruined it, right? It's like there's a little room for flexibility because some nights we have small group and that runs till 9.30. So I don't actually get into bed till 10.20 or, you know, whatever. So allowing a little bit of that, but saying around 9.30 is kind of when I start to unwind, unplug, you know, kind of get ready for bed and start moving in that direction and hopefully be in bed and asleep by 10.30-ish. Then I know that that's a guiding block in my life. But same thing for waking up in the mornings. It's, I want to try to be up before a certain hour every morning. And if you can build in those couple of consistencies, it doesn't matter how chaotic your life is. It doesn't matter how many different tasks you have. It will start getting your body on a body clock and allowing you to feel that you have some control and some balance. Because I think when we work from home or we have any kind of flexibility flexibility like that, it's funny because we can feel like we're supposed to have freedom but we actually become like a slave like we're controlled by all this stuff and our life is being taken over by our work. And so, kind of regaining control by just simply creating some simple consistent routines that still allow some wiggle room and some gaps in between those, you know, those anchor times or those consistent times can be such a game changer. Last thing I want to say is be realistic. Okay? Like when you are at all, working from home, whether you are you know, working for a company, but you have ownership of what you're doing in some degree and you have a little bit of flexibility with it, or if you are building your own company or whatever it is, I really want to remind you that you need to be realistic. And the more disciplines you have, the better, like build the boundaries, have the disciplines, have the accountability. But remember that you are a human, okay? And remember that ultimately your job is to show up and give your very best to your life, to your work, but understand that sometimes you're not gonna do perfect at that. Do perfect, I don't even know if that's how you say it. You're not gonna do that perfectly. You're not gonna do that you know, flawlessly every single time. There will be days where you're like, oh my gosh, I forgot to eat lunch because I was so focused on this project, right? I really don't suggest intentionally doing that, but you have to give yourself a little grace and know that there's sometimes just going to be days where, dang it, your work took over your life <laughs> or dang it, like my, my life just totally got in the way of what I really hope to accomplish for my work today. And just breathe, okay? Tomorrow's a new day and you can be more disciplined tomorrow, but sometimes life happens, things come up, you get distracted and you might just lose steam and you might just need to take a day to reset. And that's one, I guess, last piece of encouragement I want to give you is when you are hustling for something, when you are growing in your career or you're building your own brand or, um, If you're an entrepreneur or creative in any way, I know how easy it is to compare. I know how much it can suck the life out of you sometimes as much as you find your work to be so life-giving. It can also be so hard because it's so dependent on you and it can really be so much on your shoulders and you can begin to feel like you have no breathing room. And so I just wanna remind you how important self-care really is, how important prayer really is, how important asking for help is and knowing that it's okay to do something for you. It's okay to say, you know what? I'm actually gonna block out Thursday morning and go get a massage or go for a long walk or go connect with my old mentor over coffee and just do something that's for me that I don't have to post, that I don't have to share, that I don't have to prove to anybody just to kind of recreate that balance, reclaim that control so that you really do have control over the work you do so you can continue to love it and do it well rather than letting it control you. Because if you start to lose your sense of discipline, as much as you feel like, you know, if you beat yourself up for that, I guess is the best way to say it. you're not being realistic. It it ultimately has control of you. But if you're able to kind of say, OK, you know what? It's starting to control and I can identify that and be you know, mature enough to realize that instead of totally shaming myself, I'm just going to get back up. I'm going to do something to reset, a, a massage, a, a good you know, conversation over lunch or a nap in the afternoon or whatever. Like nothing's going to break if you take a break and that's what I have to tell myself all the time. Like it's not going to all crash and burn if you have to take an hour. Okay. Um, and give yourself that grace and just know it's all going to work out. It's all going to be okay. And it's okay to take a little bit of time for you to reset and find that balance. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show.